Hey everyone, welcome back to the Westbridge Church Podcast. To learn more about Westbridge Church, including our service times, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com. This week's message comes from Pastor John McDougall, and we hope it encourages you to take your next step in your faith journey. church family. It's good to be together today. Big day for us. It is the wrap-up of our 30 Days to Live series. It's the three-year mark. Today marks the three years ago we committed to our Love Makes Room project, so we celebrate that today. And it's Summerfest, which is the event that we like to say it's one of the best days of the summer as we gather out back and just in the beauty of God's creation with the beauty of just good friends and, and faith family and enjoy a dessert buffet that runs on into infinity. So everyone's invited to that. We have games, music. Um, good, so hope you can stick around. Personally, I, I need to say this is a, a big day for me as my mom's brothers and niece are with us today sitting on the front row. Thank you guys for coming out. And uh, <laughs> I, my mom, I know most many of you may not know her, but... Um, she was she, a saint, and we, we live on the prayers of those who loved us, and I know my life is a result of my mom's prayers and our church family. Many of, much of what's happening, she prayed for and poured her life into, so, yep, and I know our family, um, just treasure, treasure family, don't we? And then um, faith family, Wanda, Ludlow, and Mike have been away for a while due to a serious injury, and today, first day back. So, Mike, do you want to come up and say a word? I'm just teasing. <laughs> Wanda says no. Don't let him talk. All right. <laughs> Summerfest. You could, uh, don't go out in the ice would be the word. Yep, that was a tough fall. All right. Good deal. But, uh, yeah, and we, uh, so we'll go ahead and, and, uh, get into the text today. If I could just pray for us, but the question that we've been asking over these past four weeks is if, if God revealed to you that you had 30 days to live, how would you spend those days? And what would be the, the core priorities that would shape really your decision making and shape how you spent that precious allotment of time? And with that question clarifying really uh, what matters most that we would take those core priorities and put them into play in our, our lives today. And so the, the Lord, is, he speaks into these, and today's truth is just a powerful truth to help us live for his glory. And so would you join me in prayer? Father, as we come to your word, we thank you that you've revealed your will to us, and we're hungry for it this morning. We pray that our hearts and eyes would be open to just what we need to hear from you, and that you would... Um, help us then to live it out for your glory. Thank you for each person here today, Lord, and just this time together as a, a faith family. I pray that, that it would be an encouragement to each one here, and we uh, pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you would join me in 1 Corinthians 15, and we'll read one verse today. We'll land in this verse and just soak in it. It's 58. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Paul says, therefore, now anytime you see the word therefore in scripture, what are you thinking? What's it there for? He, he was just talking about something. So he's pointing back, we'll get to that. But he says, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, and we lose something in English there. The word dear is root word agape. It's so we know it's 
my much-loved brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Core priority number four is this. Right out of, the, right out of this text, we had 30 days to live to give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. This, is, this truth reveals to us that, that God is at work. The Lord is at work. And he has given us an opportunity to join him in the work that he's doing. You say, what's the work of the Lord? And Jesus was pretty clear before he left where he gathers his disciples and he says, all authority has been given to me. And now as you go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them everything that I have commanded you. And, and I will be with you to the end of the age. The way we say that as a church family, it's our mission statement. But our primary task is to help one another become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. No greater work, no greater joy than to step into a relationship with the living God through faith in Jesus Christ and live with increasing surrender to his empowering lordship and leadership in our lives. That's the path of life, the path of joy, the path of peace. It's not easy. It's a challenge. It involves a cross. It, it involves some trials. It involves a growth process that... His failure after failure, but his grace is sufficient, and that's the work that he calls us to. Now, we all have a different part to play, and we have different parts to play in that work as the seasons of life progress, don't we? So whether you're a little kid, if, you're, if you know Christ, you are a member of his body, and he's got a job for you to do as you step into that. If you're a, a, an old kid, <laughs> or a, a very old kid, let's see, where do I see a very old kid out there, or like Larry Mahan? He has a job for you to do and until the day he takes our breath. Because if he's given you a breath, you can still pray, which is the most powerful work that we can do while we're here. He says, all right, always. There's a consistency to it. Like every day I wake up, some days I'll be resting. Jesus rested. It's okay to rest. But we rest so that we'll get energy to get back in the game, to give ourselves to his work. Always give yourself. How are we to be giving ourselves to the work? Can we throw that, the verse back up there? fully. There's an all-in aspect to it. Like, I'm bringing everything I got to this, and it's the work of the Lord. What an encouragement to know this is his work, right? It's his work. This is his church. He's doing the work. We get to join him in it, but we do it by his power, for his glory, with his love, and uh, that's why we're here. Core priority. So each day we wake up thinking that. Now, why should we give ourselves to this? Well, if you look at this text, that word therefore points us back to the, the primary reason that fuels us to give ourselves fully to the work of the Lord, which is a thought which Paul starts in the first of this chapter. We can't get into the whole chapter. I encourage you to do so on your own, but it's the first part in verse 15. He says, now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel, the good news, I preach to you what, which you have received and on which you have taken your stand. So when he says stand firm, what's he talking about? Stand firm on this gospel, this good news that they have received. Because by this good news you are saved. When, he's, when you see saved in the Bible, he's talking about our relationship with God, which was broken because of our sin. But it's through this gospel, 
that we are saved if, as we stand on it or claim it by faith. If you hold firmly to what I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. To which we say, what is this gospel? And here it comes, one of the clearest uh, explanations or, or descriptions of the gospel where he says, for what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Jesus came for one purpose, to take our sin upon himself, the guilt of our sin, to die as our substitute. So the wrath of God, the just judgment of God that we all deserve because of the wrong things we did fall not on us, but on him, if we trust him and believe in him. So that our sin is completely forgiven, past, present, future, through the, the gift of Jesus and his life, his death for us on the cross. And that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures as eyewitnesses testified to. The resurrection of Jesus Christ verifies everything that, it, that he claimed to be. And he promises everyone who believes in me, put, trust in me, trust not in the good that we do, our good works or earning our way to, into God's favor, but believes in me will receive eternal life. And eternal life isn't a life that starts when we die. It's a life that starts the moment we trust Christ and enter into a love relationship with our Father in heaven, the one who created us, loves us beyond measure. That's the good news. Why give yourself fully to the work of the Lord? Because when one person hears this good news and opens up their life to it, it will transform their life beginning today into eternity. This is the gospel that we live in, reason we're praising God here today, and that we celebrate. And to help us see it, like, this is happening. The work of God is happening among us today. I, I asked uh, Doug and Abby Wicker if they would come and share their faith story with us. And I uh, appreciate them being willing to do this. I was, uh, Greg, the pastor from, at the Friends Church, we got to know each other a little bit. And he was like, hey, he's a runner, but gave up running, likes bikes. Like, hey, let's get together and bike. So a couple weeks ago, we went out on a bike ride west of town, and we're cruising by the Wicker's farm. And I'm like, hey, do you know Doug, Abby, what? Nope. I said, well, I got to tell you their story, their faith story. And I started telling them about the cows and this all-in moment. And it hit me. This is like our story and a story to, to just remember and let it encourage you. Every time I, or often as I drive by the Wickers Farm, it, it reminds me. And seeing their lives today, Doug leads our elder team and other ministries. Abby is involved in a variety of ministries. But turn it over to you guys. All right. Good morning. We are the Wickers. Um, we have been coming to Westbridge since about 2003, and we have been entrusted with three children. We have a 23-year-old Dakota. He helps in the youth room, so if you have teens, they might know him. We have a 21-year-old Dalton, and our daughter Aubrey is 17. Um, we'll be married 20 years in the fall, and we, our families kind of knew each other since we grew up around each other in 4-H, and um, we would see each other at the fair, and that was like 30-some years ago, a long time ago. Um, but we started talking and dating um, after he was feeding his cows hay that my sheep were eating, and I didn't like that, so I had to tell him about it, and um, kind of been around each other ever since, so... <laughs> We could spend a lot of time talking about sheep and cows, and, but 
John asked us to share our story and how we came to uh, know the Lord and uh, just just how we began our personal relationship with Christ. And um, Abby and I, um, when shortly after Aubrey was born, our lives, um, we'd kind of grown up in the church, around the church, and knew of God and knew of Jesus and and knew the stories and, and kind of had him as a good moral compass. But, but we didn't have a full... Um, relationship with who Jesus was and um, we became unsettled shortly after Aubrey was born and, and started looking for a different church home and started we, we landed here one one Sunday and after that Sunday shortly afterwards um, a couple all-in followers of Christ um, stopped by our house um, one named Pastor Ron and the other Bob Curran and and out um, just following up with us, and and the conversation got to the point of of, of Doug and Abby. If you if you died tonight, would you, are you sure you would go to heaven? And and Abby and I, you know, again, you get to the point in life where you know what you just kind of become real, is how I would say it. And and we both, neither one of us can answer that question and said no. And the thing that Pastor Ron and, and Bob did very clearly was is they they I could I could see and I understood that I was a sinner. And, and I, I think that was pretty easy for both of us. But the thing that I think we missed was that we could never have a right relationship with God. We could never have a right relationship with the creator of the universe, but he offers it to us. And he offers it to us in his son, Jesus Christ. And, and somebody has to pay the penalty for my sin and Abby's sin. And, and it, was, it was really, uh, both of our eyes were opened at the same time. And it was really cool. Um, as Pastor Ron and, and Bob led us to the Lord that night and, and realized that Jesus died and paid that penalty for us. And, uh, you know, over the years, um, I, was, I was sitting here thinking of all the people. Um, we talk of Bob and, and Ron and coming to our house and really leading us to the Lord, but I think of all the people in this church of who have poured into our lives and into our kids' lives. Um, I think of, uh, like, Scott Lane, Steve Tobe, Fred Klein, all of the people, faithful men and women that have poured into our lives to, to get us uh, kind of to where we are today. So this is a time in our lives where we've come to, to Christ. We were baptized and became part of this church, both of us. Um, and we kind of thought we were living our dream. Um, you know, we were living on the dairy farm, milking about 120 Jersey cows. Doug was um, agronomy manager for Co-Alliance here in Danville. I was teaching, which was what I thought was my dream job. We have three um, healthy kids. Everything just seemed like we were doing what we had planned as teenagers sitting on the show box together at the fair. Um, just living out those times of doing what we thought was what we wanted at the time. So Abby and I had a disagreement in the first service over the story. So I just quit the story beforehand. I'm going to tell it the way I want to tell it the second story. So <laughs> <laughs> Doug we and Abby were... can help you with some marriage counseling after. If you need. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we, uh, we were actively involved in Awana and teaching and all the different things that we could plug into, we were plugging into. And I remember very vividly one, one day, um, that challenging the kids, I said, kids, do you have, we were learning this um, about Peter when he got out of the boat and walked on the water. 
And I asked the kids, I said, do you have enough faith to get out of this boat? Do you see Jesus clearly enough that you have enough faith to get out of this boat and walk with um, Jesus? And it really convicted me. And, and I, I would tell you all day long as I teached and taught, and I still, when I teach, I learn so much more than anybody ever would from me. Um, but it really convicted me. <laughs> we're well rehearsed. So as basically I got up, so we were still milking. We were milking 120 cows at the time. We were, Abby said, we we're doing kind of everything we ever wanted. And I got up and I prayed uh, the next morning after that Sunday. And I said, okay, God, I, I've been trying to live this one foot in the world and being active in the world, but one foot into um, what you're calling me to do. And if I, if I give all of myself to you, if I go all in, Lord, what does that look like? And, and uh, again, it's, it kind of makes cold chills go up my mind because he answered me right then. And he said, he said, Doug, get rid of all of this. And all of this meant all of the cows, all of the things that we had worked, uh, that I had worked my whole life and dreamed about my whole life. And, and, and we did, and we gave it up and, um, we, we gave up the cows, we sold the cows, and over the next several months, it got kind of crazy. And, and God put inside of me a, a deep burden to, um, to know more, to, to learn more, to, to get more into the Word and understand really what it was all about. And we, I enrolled in some classes at Moody and, and really kind of opened my eyes to how to study the Bible and how to uh, dig deeper and really understand the context of what God was really teaching me. And it really... It really was an incredible time of, of growth um, in our lives. I could say something while, before, just to context this. Three in the morning, he's milking the cows. He hears the Lord say this. These aren't ordinary cows. <laughs> These are nation winning, nationwide um, Jersey cows that just, I mean, you work hard to breed and develop. And we have people from all over the country coming to buy these when they sold them. So... This was a big giveaway or big all-in moment. Yeah, and it was a big part of our family generations. I mean, his dad and aunt and, you know, brother, and there were a lot of people involved that that decision was affecting, not just us. Um, but it made me think back a couple of weeks ago when Pastor John started this series, um, and he said something to the effect of, don't be rooted and grounded without grasping God's love for you. And I think that's where we were at. We, were, we thought we were rooted and grounded in God's word, but we were missing out on his love for us and, and needing to take that next step. And it became an all-in time for us. And it also became a, a time of a lot of struggles and trials in, in our lives as well. Um, we both had major job changes, Doug, um, is now a regional manager, so he left the plant that he had been at for more than 20 years. I left my teaching job um, to help care for my sister who was sick at the time, and then a couple of months later passed away. Um, we've had numerous illnesses and losses um, in our family. I lost my dad less than two years ago unexpectedly. There's just been a lot of trials, and so it, it because you're being obedient, because you're all in, doesn't mean that it's going to be sunshine and, and roses all the time. But through all of that, we know that God is faithful to us, and, and our hope 
is in him. And it takes me um, to Psalm 121. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And I know that my helper never sleeps. And I know that it says hills, not hill. So we're not any different than, than all of you in, in the trials and the struggles. But just keep putting one foot in front of the other and not giving up. And John asked us to, you know, how to, I think it was last week when you said, um, how's the truth played out in your story? And I didn't know last week during that service that we'd be up here this service, but Doug was gone and he was in Ohio for work. And I was in first service back in the gym and I looked at my phone and I had a message from Miranda Parsons, who is kind of our neighbor when you live in the country. Everybody in a square mile is your neighbor. Um, our property butts up to theirs, but it was a picture of some cows. We do still have a few cows at the farm. And she said, do these beauties belong to you? I'm like, yeah, they do. But they were in her backyard. <laughs> so, okay, here we go. And I, you know, round up the kids and my sister and her husband to help and Three and a half hours later, three trailer loads, a truck stuck in the mud, you know, everything that could go wrong. He's not there to help. Um, and things like this tend to make me a little jittery and nervous. You know, there's a big 1,500-pound bull who would really like to cross that dainty little barbed wire fence to talk to our heifers and um, <laughs> just all these things that could go wrong. And, you know, Dalton looked at me and he was like, Mom, chill out. Okay. And so I just kind of stepped back a couple of steps and immediately just started thinking about, even though the message, you know, Proverbs 3 through 5, this very familiar verses, but they just started coming to me. I just started saying them over and over what Pastor John had just spoken on. And just this calm came over me like, okay, it, it doesn't really matter if they do end up at Coatesville. It's okay if something <laughs> happens. Like, but this piece that came over me that, that God was really working in my story at that moment, if I let him get out of the way, Abby, let him take over right now. So, yes, God obviously showed up if she really was calm through all of that. So, um, And I didn't yell at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is true. She didn't. The thing, the thing that I think of, as John asked us to put together, and, I, and as I try to summarize, and I think of, I told Abby her number one goal of when she came up was is not make me cry. And I, I sit here and I think of all the things that God has prepared us for and God has walked through with us. Um, over the last several years has been it's been a roller coaster a little bit but but the thing that I really came to is is you you read passages and you hear verses all the time that they're so familiar you just blow right through them and you don't think of and the Psalm 23 is one of those that, that God has really just put in my heart in the last couple months that and it's it's just been refreshing and and it, and it starts out as the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want and all I can think about is, is God is, he's in control. 
I just need to obey the shepherd. And, and I start to wander and I start to drift and, he, and his rod and his staff and they pull me back in and they, 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 pull, they guide and direct me. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It is all for his glory. Thank you. Could there be a greater gift that we could give each other than the gospel? The good news, God loves you. He gave his son. Trust him and receive life. I see Doug and Abby, and I see two guys on an evening, the Lord nudging them, hey, go knock on their door, hang out in their living room, and share the gospel. And what happens? And now what God is doing through this couple, through their family, who has God put in your path? And may he make us hungry to share this good news. And today, if you haven't received this good news as your own, why not today to trust him as your Savior? And the Lord, before he left, left us with a, an ordinance, we communion, it's a, a, a meal together where we celebrate this good news. And as we take the bread, we remember that his body was broken for us, that he came, took on humanity for us. And then as we take the cup, we remember his blood that was poured out as an atoning sacrifice for us. And we, as a church family, one of our sayings is, we remember our deliverance, we celebrate our inheritance. The best is yet to come. We read the rest of 1 Corinthians 15, Paul speaks of the resurrection and just the reality that life, our life begins really the, uh, when this is all over, the best, best part of our life. But for now, may we be faithful. And so as we come to this time of communion, I encourage you to, to thank the Lord for, for his deliverance, to celebrate his inheritance, but also just to commit, recommit yourself to, to giving yourself fully to the work of the Lord, whatever that may look like. Join me in prayer. Father, we do thank you for your grace that you've poured out to us, for giving us your son. And Jesus, thank you for giving your life. We thank you for your presence with us here today and this chance just to pause amidst our busy lives and remember that we are loved in a way that we can never measure, that you gave your body to be broken for us. And as we take this bread, we do so with hearts full of gratitude. Lord, we also just reoffer our bodies to you as a living sacrifice and just say, this is not my life, but it's your life. And Help us to go be a blessing. Specifically, we pray for opportunities to share the, this precious message of the gospel that you've given us. Thank you for the chance to be your witness and to be an ambassador of heaven. And we pray all this in your name. Amen.
The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This time, Jack Hume will lead us in prayer for the cup. Father, it's beyond our comprehension that you gave your son for our life. We give you the praise and the glory for this day and forever. Amen. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Remember his deliverance, we celebrate our inheritance until he comes. The best is yet to come. The rest of this chapter of 1 Corinthians 15, the Lord just raises the shade as he talks about the resurrection. In fact, we ought to just raise the shade in here. One of the things we say here in our church family is we live under hope. We live with hope, and we glorify the Lord as we put our hope in him. So can we have a couple guys just go ahead and let's, or, or girls, ladies, lady power very much there with this, anything, but anyway, get myself in all kinds of trouble. Woo! Ignore what I just said. Let's raise the shades, all right? <laughs> so go ahead, and it's going to be awkward, but it'll be a good awkward. This is the hope of the Lord filling up this house, filling up our hearts. Let's raise the shade, meaning live with the hope that the best is yet to come. I just lost everyone's attention, but don't you love the ambient light? We have one lonely shade left to go, one back here, thank you. But, uh, but it brings us to this question. Why, when it's hard, stay in the fight? Why keep on? Why give ourselves fully to the work of the Lord? And here it is, you guys, and this is the second reason. Not only is the gospel the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, but if we could put the verse back up right here. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know something, that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Why stick with it when it's hard? Why keep teaching? Why keep praying? Why keep loving? Why keep whatever it is God has called you to do with the breath that he's given to, given to you? When it gets hard, why keep doing it? And here's the reason. You know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. If you're doing it by his power, for his glory, with his love, the, the seeds of truth and love that you plant will reap a harvest because it's his power doing it. And you may not see it here, but what's the context of 1 Corinthians 13 in a twinkling of an eye? We will be transformed. The best is yet to come. We are a people of the resurrection and what we plant here, he uses the image of a, when we die, you know, it's like a planting a seed. Who would guess you plant a little seed out there, dark, cover it up, 
that a flower of that beauty is going to come up from that seed. But that's what our God does. And he said, if you will take my word, the word of God, the seeds, and you will follow it and you will plant it and you will pray over it, water it with prayer, I will do what in eternity it's going to be reason to give me glory for the rest of eternity when you see what I've done through your acts of service. So therefore, give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. Stand firm. Whatever it is that would move you off that sweet spot, Give it the Heisman shove, right? And keep on for the Lord because you know that your labor is not in vain. So to, to let it be real and let it, let it sink in here in these moments, we want to tell, I want to just share some faith stories where this is happening in real time. And the first is with Gina Overby as she joins us, officially takes the next step of church membership today joining us, but she uh, learned about the Lord as a child, but it, it was when he moved her and her husband to Germany. He took a job as a banker over there for about 13 years, lonely, away from family. The Lord drew her to himself through a group of ladies who said, let's get together and study the Bible. And I think about our women's Bible studies and one that happens Friday mornings, others may get involved with, with helping lead this, Tam as well, and our women's ministry team that are providing these opportunities. It was through that Gina understood the gospel, the good news, and put her faith and trust in Christ and began her journey. And if you know Gina, she is, her giving herself fully to the work of the Lord is behind the scenes. She does one of those, she represents an army of, of faithful servants who don't like to be seen in what they're doing, but the Lord sees what they're doing. And she's involved in co making coffee for us every Sunday morning, providing in our compassion ministries for a year, providing meals on Wednesday nights for our mentor kids, for uh, involved in kids ministry, and so grateful for her. And we, we cropped out her, uh, she, wanted, she turned a birth, this was her birthday picture, and we, I asked Larry if he'd crop it out. I don't think she cares really, though. She turned 60, but thank you guys for the editing work, real time. But, uh, and then the next, next picture here we have is of a princess, of Princesses Sayla Howard, who has trusted Christ as her Savior and today took the step of baptism. And what Sayla represents is just the precious, precious gift of each of our children. And when God entrusts us with a child, could there be a greater gift? And great to have the newest Grunlock in the house this morning. And the, uh, just the thought that this is his plan, Deuteronomy 6, that he would give us children that we could raise them up in the nurture and admonition of who God is. He loves them. And, and as a church family, we get to share in that and be a support, be, pray for them and uh, love them and, and teach them. And they take steps of, of faith. Give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. And if God's nudging you into kids' ministry, I, I just want to say there's no, I don't think any, any ministry closer to the heart of our Father than what's happening in Westbridge Kids. And we praise Him for the part that we get to share in that. Next, we have a, a story that... As I was able to be in the living room of Bryce, Lydia, and Owen and just hear them share their faith story, I walked out of there just blown away by the brothers and sisters around them that uh, have loved them and helped them in their faith journey. And just this picture of God is working through our simple acts of opening our hearts up to the people around us. And uh, John Eller who's a hardcore fisherman, I mean, like, professional type of fisherman, 
shares a love for fishing with Bryce and friends. And it was John who invited Bryce, hey, come to Westbridge. So he does the go bless, you know, invites him and, and Bryce and, and uh, Lydia come and have family that come as well. And uh, really we're on the spectator side of things, though, for a couple years, just coming and then slipping out. But we're challenged to take that step further into relationship, knowing that we, we grow in the context of community and jumped into a small group with uh, the uh, Steward small group. And then Megan Klein, Fred Klein dis- were uh, discipling them. So they would meet and just talk together. Here's what it looks like to follow Christ, dig deeper. And God really began to put a hunger in them for his word and grow. When uh, I shared this past year was probably the hardest year of their lives. As, and Abby alluded to this, but they lost their child. And no way to describe the pain that a family, mom and dad, feel. And we'll go with them, really. God will use that. But as a pastor, my heart's going out to them. And I said, I'm sorry. And they said, it's okay. It was actually also the best year of our life because God grew our faith. He held on to us, and he took us into a deeper place with him. And he used Megan. He used Fred. He used our small group. He used a message of all the Sundays that just as they were going through this, my dad came that Sunday and preached a message on Job. And they walk out the door with tears in their eyes. God met them. It's what he does. Because or through people who are faithful to give themselves fully to his work. And I think it's a really neat moment today as Lydia Hasn't been baptized, and she's a grown woman who likes her hair like every other woman, but she's about to have her hair do totally messed up in front of everybody just to say, because I belong to Jesus Christ and I love him. And Fred, who's and Megan, who have been in the discipling relationship, and one of our elders will will baptize them at this time, baptize Lydia. So turn it over to Fred. I didn't want to get wet. (laughs) Just remember what baptism is. Um, We as a body get to look, and um, we have the benefits of following Christ, um, but following him in in the glorious riches of looking forward to a day when we will all be together as a body. And baptism is is a declaration by Lydia that she is part of that body, and we can welcome her in. Um, But she's publicly going forth with this faith. So, Lydia, I'm going to ask you a few questions. Do you believe that Jesus is Lord? Yes. uh, Do you believe that he died and uh, rose again? Yes. Are you trusting in him for your salvation of your soul? Yes. All right. Well, it is my joy then to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the newness of life. And then the next picture that we, or family, we'd like to introduce and that are joining us today is the Hall family, Josh, Sarah, Kylie, and Chloe. And Josh and Chloe will be taking the step of baptism today as well. But it's neat to hear, sit with them and just hear God's work in their lives. And again, the, the work of 
his people, um, one of the, they've both come to the point, or all of them have come to the point in their lives where they're trusting Jesus Christ as their Savior. But as he shared, Josh shared their experience as kids, they shared something that I've heard often, and that's that they were hurt by their church experience. And it was through some judgmental um, things that happened, and they, they were not a, they were not a well-off family and just didn't quite fit with the affluence of the others. And it just reminded me of, I'm so grateful for the heart God has given our church family and just what Jesus, the, the dream that Jesus came to start in the church was an outpost of heaven where all those things that separate us on the outside are gone. It doesn't matter what your education, what your age, what your gender, your income, your um, this, that, I first hour even said Purdue, even if you're a Purdue fan, hey, <laughs> um, we are one in Christ, and they said that when they came to Westbridge, Josh and Sarah said, we felt that hospitality and that, that heart, the love of Christ, welcome us in, and they've, they're growing and excited to continue to grow, and so we'll um, welcome them in baptism as well at this time. All right, this is Chloe. Say hi, Chloe. <laughs> and Chloe, I'm going to ask you the same questions. Do you believe that Jesus is Lord? Yes. Um, do you believe that he died and rose again? Yes. Are you trusting him as the Savior of your soul? Yes. All right, well, it's my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the newness of life. joy to do this at the same time. What a, uh, what a joy. Um, so I'm going to ask you the same questions. Uh, do you believe that Jesus is Lord? Yes. Um, do you believe that Jesus died and rose again? Yes. And are you trusting on him uh, for the salvation of your soul? Yes. And it is my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Holy Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the midst of life. So if we knew we had 30 days to live, core priority, we're giving ourselves fully to the work of the Lord, knowing God's at work through the gospel and through the variety of ways that he's gifted us to each play the part that he's called us to play. As we were, Tam and I were thinking through or coming up on this season of sabbatical, there was a growing passion in our heart to, uh, to say thank you. And we said, okay, It'd be good to get with different ministry teams, those who are giving themselves fully to the work of the Lord, and just say thank you for what each person is doing. So we started drawing circles on a piece of paper and filling in names. Well, the names started to flow out of the circles, so we added circles. And then the circles started to expand outside the, the page, so we had to have pages. And then my, my optimism met with reality this ain't happening. <laughs> There's no way to have enough party. I called them 1558 parties just to celebrate those of you who are giving yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Look in your eye and say thank you for your investment in, in what God is doing. So I hear, 
I thereby, or I hereby pronounce, by the power invested in me, proclaim this moment is a 1558 party. Is that all right to do? (laughs) And I, I wish I could just spend some time with each one of you. But I look you in the eye as your brother in Christ and say, thank you, thank you, thank you for your investment in the kingdom of God and in the work of our Lord. Thank you for praying. Thank you for serving. Thank you for loving. Thank you for leading. Thank you for giving. Thank you for sharing your life in what is the hope of the world. As his church, as his body, we steward the message of the gospel. And so with that, we, uh, we have at this moment want to just celebrate God working through you, his grace flowing through you as we remember our Love Makes Room or, or celebrate our Love Makes Room initiative. Way back to 2013, we began to plan and think and we said, okay, our mission is to help people become fully devoted followers of Christ. Where did God put us? We looked around, 15-mile radius, 80, approximately 80,000 people without a church home. So we said, are we going to be content to coast, or are we going to go reach? So let's go reach. That means we're going to need room, space. And so we began this, facili- this uh, facility expansion initiative. We used this picture of the, the, t- the circle, the table. The red dot represents the, uh, the person who's not here yet and the cost that Christ gave for us. And it's imaged by the father giving his son and um, Sam and Brecken. Just, you know, if you know Sam, you know how much he loves Brecken. And just that thought, the father loves his son, but he loves us as well and gave his son for us. And so would we be willing to sacrificially give to make room for those who don't know Christ yet? And we, you committed to say above and beyond normal tithes and offerings, we will pursue this project, which hit so many different levels, nursery, preschool, elementary, middle school, high school. It expanded our capacity to, to flush. Every flush is a result of this as we, we grow as well as our, so our sanitation as well as our parking. And this was the number that the commitment goal, 1,135192. And so we set that as a goal three years ago. And as we come to this finish line, it just reminded this was a team effort, and this wasn't one or two donors. There's this graph illustrates 129 families, family units, and then this graph gives you kind of an idea of the sacrifice. Two families gave over $50,000, four right on down. Isn't that a neat picture of just people? And the, the amazing thing, over these last three years, we kept our foot on the accelerator with ministry. Our budget continued to grow. We added staff. We continued, continued our ministry impact around the world and here in our own community as we did this. That's just praise the Lord. And so the question is, did we hit our goal? And that now I'll preface this by saying Rick Baker, our financial secretary, the only guy who knows what, we, what anyone gives, went off on vacation last Saturday. So we don't have last Sunday's number or today's number. So the actual number is going to come in next Sunday. So a little, uh, yeah, we'll look forward to that. But it is my, with great joy and gratitude to the Lord and to you, to announce that the amount given was $1,136,058.26, which we blew through our goal by 
$800 and counting. <laughs> so. <laughs> so we thank the Lord for that. And at this time, we'd ask uh, Bo and Doug if, if uh, you guys would come on up. Sam Baker led us through the initial phases of this three years as our elder chair to kind of lay the foundation. Then he handed it off to, to Bo Humphrey, who Bo and Rachel uniquely gifted for taking us through this project. And God has given him bandwidth and experience that um, could not have done it without his leadership. And then Bo this year handed it off to Doug Wicker, who's taken us through the finish line that Bo comes to share a little bit. Okay, well, um, we are somewhat, you would have to admit, somewhat of a subdued church, at least some other ones, right? So there's some <laughs> other, we're from different faith backgrounds, some of us are, but we're somewhat subdued. And I'm going to actually test you a little bit on that. Uh, today, uh, because we will not always be <laughs> a subdued church. As you look at the New Testament, as you look in the book of Revelation, there's a lot of shouting going on, okay? All so right. we're going to test that a little bit, and what I, I want to read a short <laughs> passage out of uh, Ezra 3. This was at a time when Israel as a nation was sent into exile through God's judgment, but also with his promise, he said, you're going to come back. Not just will you come back, but you will rebuild, so this promise of rebuilding, and that promise was starting to be fulfilled. And this is after they had laid the foundation of the second temple, the first temple being destroyed. And here's how this passage said, Ezra 3.10. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests and their vestments came forward with trumpets, and the Levites, the son of Asaph, with cymbals, to praise the Lord according to the directions of David, king of Israel. And they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord. This is their song. For he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. So let me say two quick things about that. Uh, we're not Israel, and this is not the temple, okay? But it's a building, and God is the same. In fact, our prayer throughout this time was that God would use this church and the building and the extra space to have more of this, Right? More of this kind of testimony, that we would be just a tool in God's hand to proclaim the gospel, to have that, to have our kids program, to do stuff like what we're doing. And it's just so glad to see that, okay? So, hey, we're going to do a little bit of shouting. So instead of your normal Sunday, I want you to act like, hey, you remember when Matt Harms tipped that ball in off the rebound to beat IU, Purdue beat IU? That's how I want you to cheer. Yeah, that's how I want you to cheer. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, give thanks to the Lord, and you're going to shout out, for he is good. Okay? That's all you have to remember. He is good. Give thanks to the Lord, for, for he, he is, is good. good. Amen. For his steadfast love, and you're going to say, endures forever. For his steadfast love endures, endures forever. forever. Amen and amen. All right. Thanks, Bo. <laughs> so one of the... Uh, joys of getting to be on the elders was yesterday morning um, we got to listen to Wes uh, talk through his doctrinal statement and and it was unbelievable um, how Wes um, eloquently walked through and and it's a rather intimidating scene because you're one guy and you're defending what you wrote against 13 or 14 guys and and you know throwing some pretty tough questions at him and Wes did an incredible job yesterday morning and and all I could think yesterday morning is, where did, where did he get all this knowledge? He went to school and studied sports medicine, or not sports medicine, uh, sports management. And, and where did he get all this knowledge of the Bible? And I, all I could think about was, he got it from here. He got it from this church. He got it from his family. 
He got it from all of those that are fully devoted to pouring into his life. And one of the things I didn't say in my in our story with Abby and I was that why we were so attracted to this church is because it is firmly founded in the in the word of the Lord and that everybody in this church is is fully, you know, so what do I do with this decision? Well, let's look and see what the word of God says. That's where we start. And honestly, so many people in this church pour into everyone's lives and it's it is so humbling to see and it's so exciting to see the expansion, to see more people, to see all of this. And it's not about the building. It's not about any of that, but it's all about the people. And, and, and the thing that I come to this morning is, is what do we do? And what do we, what do, we do? And after I was, um, after beginning to the, the fill the knowledge and fill all that stuff, all I could think about was, man, I got to tell everybody. I got to go. I got to, I got to just talk about this all the time. And and you, you, sometimes you think, well, I'm going to go overseas, and sometimes I'm going to go do all of this, be a missionary and all this stuff. But then God very evidently put, hey, Doug, look around you. Look at the people around you and, and talk to them. Tell them about your love for Christ and what all he's done. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we are just so grateful for this uh, day that you've given us, Lord, and the opportunity to serve you, the opportunity to glorify you, today, Lord. And I just pray that today as, as we leave here that we are fully dedicated to what you have taught us, what you have teach, teach us every day, Lord. And I just pray that uh, you've put in each and every one of us here a deep passion to tell, to go and do, not just to be hearers of the word, but to be doers of the word. Lord, we are just so thankful for you and your provision. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk and believe it would be helpful for others, please be sure to subscribe or share. To experience other messages or find helpful resources, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com.